Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's really pissing me off online right now how there's so many people who like love reply guying to me when I talk about the truckers and the far right ties. Like, yeah, of course, the, the serfs aren't standing up for working Canadians. Yeah, it show, goes to show that the serfs don't care about workers. Um, none of you care about workers. If, if you genuinely believe that like you've been astroturfed into thinking that this whole thing is a rise of the common uh, people, uh, you know, this is the, the revolution of the proletariat or whatever you think, rather than something that was started by someone who believes in the superiority of uh, the Anglo-Saxon race and all this other weird shit, um, or someone else who uh, started the GoFundMe who happens to be part of the Wexit Party of Canada, separatist party with ties to the far right, uh, then you are completely misguided. I've been hesitating to post this publicly, but I feel I must for the safety of downtown Ottawa residents. Here are the facts. Last night, two arsonists brought a full package of fire starter bricks into our building's lobby at 5 a.m. The building is located at Metcalf and uh, Lisger. We were able to see the building's video footage of the event. These two men got into the lobby and began lighting the full package. The building is old and has wood panels on the walls. It is also located at the epicenter of the convoy protests in Ottawa's core. One of them taped the door handles so no one could get in or out. Holy shit. This is the most insidious part of this experience besides the lighting of the fire. After a night of blaring horns and fireworks until 4 a.m., some residents had yelled and pleaded with the protesters outside to stop. As the fire was being lit, a tenant walked by and nervously asked who they were. One admitted to being part of the convoy protests. The tenant quickly got into the elevator and the arsonist continued to ignite the package. Once lit, uh, it grew and nearly torched the wood panel walls. The arsonist escaped out the side door as video shows the fire growing. After speaking with many residents, it became clear that certain protesters outside became very aggressive and angry at the tenants in the hours leading up to the arson. Not all protesters, but a few screamed and were clearly upset by the confrontation earlier in the night. A good Samaritan walked by the door outside and saw the fire. Luckily, the door opened after some struggle and the taped handles he got in and was able to extinguish the flames. That's, like, the taping of the handles... It is clear to us as residents that this was a blatant reprisal by protesters. Not only have they been subjected to Ottawa residents to widespread harassment, assaults, and aggression, but now attempting to light an entire building on fire. Our hope is that the Ottawa police, Jim Watson and Ottawa, will uh, call for an immediate and firm resolution to the uh, convoy's occupation. This incident could have ended much, much worse. Yeah, it could. For anyone wondering how I got the footage, the building manager is a cool dude and let us use it. Police were called once the fire remnants were noticed in the morning they are investigating. Also, the tenant who interacted with the arsonists did file a report. Police are pulling it all together and taking statements from tenants inside the building. I will also add that the cameras are well hidden. To be clear, the protesters created the unsafe conditions under which this event was allowed to transpire. I'm not saying it was a big burly trucker. I think it's a bad actor related to the protest who wants to hurt people. It started with a swastika on day one, period. Wow. Far-right anti-vax faction in the U.S. and beyond rally around Ottawa siege. With the so-called Freedom Convoy in its second week, similar protests reportedly being planned in the U.S. and throughout Europe. We already heard about the one in Finland, which uh, got uh, successfully shut down. Now in its second week, an anti-government demonstration in the Canadian capital of Ottawa has garnered support from right-wing lawmakers and media personalities in the U.S. and abroad, with millions of dollars raised internationally to back the so-called Freedom Convoy and similar protests reportedly being planned in the U.S. and Europe for the coming weeks. 
The demonstration began last month over a federal COVID-19 vaccine mandate for truck drivers who operate between the U.S. and Canada. Only 10% of the country's cross-border truckers are unvaccinated, according to the Canadian Trucker Alliance. But the far-right group Canada Unity and other organizers assembled with the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called a small fringe minority to protest the mandate. Since then, participants have called for an end to all COVID-19 mandates and other public health measures in Canada and the removal of Trudeau's government and have said they won't leave Ottawa until the restrictions are abolished. Public health measures such as a mask mandate in Canada are varying by province and city. Alberta and Ontario require proof of vaccination to enter non-essential venues. Like, yeah, one of the messed up things here is that uh, the uh, the mandates that they're imposing are basically imposed by the provinces. Uh, these aren't federal mandates and these provinces operating uh, based on their own judgment. In, uh, in BC, for example, we haven't been locked down uh, since the beginning. I think the beginning was the first time we were locked down, and, and it wasn't a lockdown the way Europe was locked down. Like in Spain, you could only leave your house for uh, that set time that you had to go buy uh, groceries, and then that would be it, right? Like that was a real lockdown. In Canada, you could leave your house, you could go to the park, you could walk your dog. Um, we've never had uh, lockdowns that were that intense. Multiple crowdfunding campaigns have garnered millions of dollars for the convoy. Uh, that's been frozen now. After Paxson, DeSantis, and other supporters criticized GoFundMe for its decision, Give, Send, Go, which previously raised money for Kyle Rittenhouse's legal defense team, created a new fundraiser, which has so far collected more than $2 million, with the goal of raising $16 million. Ottawa Police Chief Peter uh, Peter Slowly told Politico on Sunday that the convoy is highly organized, well-funded, and extremely committed to resisting all attempts to end the demonstration safely, and has relied on significant elements of the United States for funding and organization. I know. I mean, this one makes a lot more sense than uh, Russia, than, than the Russia one, you know? Uh, for the context, the counter-protest organizer lives in the building. This hasn't been reported publicly. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like, when I was at the, the convoy rally in Vancouver, uh, there was a bunch of, like, t-shirts for sale and t-shirt stands and they had all these pictures of like you know canada u.s skulls um usually like you know the skull in the center kind of idea and uh, they were saying that there's like a lot of american support we're seeing uh, american donations come in uh and he's like and american truckers are here too the ones that could get in because they had to be vaccinated to come into the to come into the country um I hope uh, some of the people in those trucks for their own safety are wearing, like, protective gear, because that 24-7, you're going to have some serious, like, auditory damage. The Ottawa Police Service said Sunday it had issued more than 450 tickets to protesters over the course of one day, including for red light violations, stunt driving. Nearly a dozen investigations have also been opened regarding potential hate crimes committed by convoy participants. To the protest, which authorities have called an insurrection and a siege, has presented risks to public safety and unacceptable distress for Ottawa residents. Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson declared a state of emergency on Sunday, a move which reflects the serious danger and threat to safety and security of the residents posed by the ongoing demonstrations and highlights the need for support from other jurisdictions and levels of government. The convoy and its havoc has created Ottawa is all coordinated and not uh, separate from what is happening in the U.S., uh, says Elizabeth McLaughlin. Uh, including threats of violence against school board members over the masking of schools, executive orders issued by right-wing governors, including DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin. Um, 
when we were at this event, you know what is wild is Dave was pointing out that like once um, hospitalizations and ICU numbers drop, we're probably pretty close in Canada, uh, realistically, to having a lot of measures dropped as well. Like I could see um, mask wearing being mandatory being dropped. Um, I could see, uh, you know, almost everything maybe except for uh, vaccine passports, most likely. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we're on the precipice of that is when everyone is starting to like ramp up, like everything must be removed immediately. According to social media messages analyzed by political protests like the Freedom Convoy are being organized across the U.S., with people planning to travel to Washington, D.C. to demonstrate against public health measures sometime in early March. Convoys are also being organized across the European Union, reportedly heading to Brussels on February 14th. So, get ready, Europe. You got uh, you got more convoys coming. Um, something that should be talked about that uh, hasn't really is that I think as the U.S. is either fast approaching or has surpassed 900,000 dead. Let's get uh, let's get to the COVID numbers. It surpassed. Oh, it did. Yeah, 926,000. Um, by ratio of the population, if uh, if you compare the U.S. to Canada and the measures that were taken in Canada versus the measures that were taken in the U.S., uh, apparently the number is about half. Uh, like our number is roughly uh, closer to I think. Well, I'll just look it up instead of talking out of my ass. Canada COVID numbers. Uh, yeah, I was about to say 30,000, but 34. So about 34,000. This number, if we had, by ratio of the population, the same amount of deaths as the U.S., would be roughly double. So this would be closer uh, to 60 or 70,000 deaths. Um, and that really does show a striking difference between the measures that were taken in Canada, uh, which included... Uh, you know, giving everyone something called the CERB uh, if they applied for it, which is basically you just had to go on a website and say, uh, I cannot work right now or I'm unable to work or I'm unable to pay my rent for whatever reason. And you would get $2,000 a month from the government. Uh, they stopped that program, but that program was obviously pretty essential for keeping people uh, who were unable to uh, to safely remain, uh, you know, isolated uh, from everybody else. Uh, that combined with a very high amount of vaccination, that combined with, uh, you know, uh, preventative measures, uh, mask wearing, stuff like that. Um, so the the measures themselves, they did help. I mean, someone made a tweet that was like, there's close to 50,000 Canadians who, if we had followed the exact same system that the United States had, wouldn't be alive today. You You might know one of them kind of idea and uh so the idea now where it's just like well you know what fuck it we're done we're 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 over this we we want to put an end to this immediately um and i know there's uh people who are tuning into denmark as uh that's becoming the world leader now for an example of like hey look this place is reducing uh, restrictions completely denmark is different than the united states first off denmark has very good socialized healthcare. Um, uh, to say the very least, Denmark has very, very low amounts of uh, ICU admissions, very low amounts of hospitalizations right now. Um, it, it makes, or at least it's like, if the health authorities of Denmark want to do that based on their own uh, current situation, that's a, a far cry from saying that this should now be adopted to every other place, right? Like, the the desire to not listen to health authorities and just end this, everyone's fucking sick of this. You know, like no one's having a time. No, no one's having a ball. No, no one's like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I, I love not hugging my family. I love social distancing. I love not seeing anyone. I love being consistently afraid. This is, it's amazing. What, what a great life for all of us. Um, it's just like some people realize that doing things like wearing masks, social distancing, getting vaccinated, stuff like that will reduce the amount of people who are the most vulnerable in society dying from this uh, disease. And 
ultimately, that, that's one of the problems when, again, if you look towards the UK, look towards what happened there, uh, what was it? Almost 60% of the people who uh, who died in the first wave happened to people with disabilities. So if if you're if you're sick of this and you're just like we gotta we gotta end this all right the the masks are itchy social distancing just gets to me this ends when you want it to come on get over it aren't aren't we all over it is isn't this done with the only thing i have to say to the government for why is because it's my bloody right to do so let's also you saw the 60 minutes did a great piece on indigenous children yeah guess what it's blocked in canada I, I can't I can't even play it for you on YouTube today. It was going to be on the docket. They, 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 they've uh, restricted it in Canada of all places. Like, well, it doesn't make any sense. I understand why. I know people are going to be like, Lance, you don't understand how digital licensing works. And I was like, actually, I do. That used to be the field I worked in. So I've, I know a lot about digital distribution. And yes, I understand it's not uh, by design. They're not specifically doing that just because they're like, hey, Canadians can't watch this. It has everything to do with TV licensing rights. That's the reason why we can't watch Saturday Night Live clips in YouTube on in Canada. Because Saturday Night Live clips, uh, uh, Global News has the ability to post those uh, on our social media. So I have to use a VPN if I wanted to not that i would ever do that because it's against tos but i'm just saying enabling unlawful and harmful activity by the protesters themselves investigative evidence gathering teams are collecting financial digital vehicle registration driver identification insurance status and other related evidence that will be used in prosecutions every unlawful act including traffic and insurance violations, will be fully pursued, regardless of the origin, at any time in the future. So, state of emergency is declared. The clampdown begins. This is just uh, some examples of the party that's going on right now. Don't get me wrong, I would be all for, you know, an electronic music party, uh, but but not this one. Not, not, they need, yeah, we need a Ram Ranch rave. Is there a, a Ram Ranch remix? There has to be. In the yard, big bulging cocks ever so hard. Orgy. That's just the original. Super Ram Ranch. <laughs> this one slaps. <laughs> it works. But it's not the same. We need to hear about bulging cocks. What the hell? 18 cowboys with bulging cocks. 18 cowboys just want to get fucked. Ram Ranch really rocks. Okay, that one slaps. Ram Ranch remix. Wanted, wanted to be sucked. 18 cowboys in the 
This one's okay. That's okay. I still, I still like the, the other one better. Oh, you can learn how to play it on piano. Hello, guys. This is Amos Stone Music, and in today's lesson, I'm going to teach you how to play Ram Ranch. Okay, so I'll be teaching you how to play that instrumental motif I play throughout the entire song. It's the loop. It goes like this. Give you a preview. Here's the preview. Solid. Oh, what is Ram Ranch? Okay, so Ram Ranch is an old meme. It's actually, it's a rabbit hole of a meme, by the way. If you, if you look up Ram Ranch, you'll start seeing all these documentaries on Ram Ranch and, like, the, the history of the Ram Ranch song. It's, uh, we, I, I won't I won't do the full Ram Ranch deep dive right now because it is, like I said, a deep dive. But anyways, it was just, uh, it, was a, it was a meme. Uh, how old is the original? Let's see. 2015. Um, and it's just, like, it's a terrible, uh, like, copyright clear uh, metal song. Uh, in the background, then just a guy who's just continuously talking about how a bunch of cowboys want to suck each other's cocks. 18 naked cowboys wanted to be fucked. Cowboys in the showers at Ram Ranch on their knees wanted to suck cowboy cocks. Ram the reason it's coming back now is because in the trucker rally, uh, like, voice channels, like their telegrams, uh, and uh, they, they've also got... Um, uh, they've got like uh, like Twitter groups, those those kind of things. People have been trolling them really hard just by playing this song on repeat, and they don't really know how to internet that well. So they'll like they'll be like, "Oh my god, the trolls are here with that weird song again!" Then they'll like try to like delete a bunch of them. But then the trolls got stealthy, and they actually got modded in one of the groups. And then one of the modded trolls uh, was using his mod power to uh, enhance the Ram Ranch posts, which just became a whole disaster. So now it's kind of been rebranded as the anti-trucker convoy theme. The internet's fantastic sometimes. You know, it, it like it gives me faith in humanity sometimes. Ranch yeah, really trolling hard. Rocks. Amazing dicks. <laughs> Thanks, Cheeto, for giving ignoring chat a tier one subscription. Yeah, Come Zone was another big one. It was basically Come Zone and Ram Ranch are the two that just keep on. Uh, that keep on playing in their channels and you know i i don't think they fully understand how trolls work but it's great state of emergency declared as ottawa as far right freedom convoy occupation continues as the occupation of downtown ottawa by far right freedom convoys enters its 10th day on sunday jim watson declared a state of emergency in the canada's nation our national capital uh they're asking for obviously uh, all restrictions to be lifted or the current government to retire a statement from the city explained, declaring a state of emergency reflects the serious danger to the safety and security of the residents posed by the ongoing demonstrations and highlights the need to support from the jurisdictions and other levels of government. The situation at this point is completely out of control because the individuals with the protests are calling the shots. The Ottawa Police Service announced on Sunday it would start arresting people who bring fuel and other supplies to the occupiers who begun building wooden shelters and sheds and created a community kitchen and a shelter. The declaration of a state of emergency followed far-right protests Saturday that drew uh, a few thousand people, each to Ottawa and provincial capitals across the country, Police estimated that at its high point, about 5,000 to 7,000 people joined the Ottawa demonstration. Not 50,000, Joe Rogan. Just going to cut you off at the impasse there. 
Other mostly smaller freedom convoys were in Quebec City, Quebec, Toronto, Ontario, Regina, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Alberta, as well as Vancouver and Victoria. In reality, the freedom convoy's views are an uh, anathema of the vast majority of Canadians. Canadian Unity, one of the organizing leading the convoy, that's the Groypers of Canada, calls for the overthrow of the democratically elected government and the installation of a junta-style regime that would rule with dictatorial powers for three months to eliminate all pandemic restrictions. Nazi swastikas and Confederate flags were readily displayed at the freedom convoy protests. Strong support for the convoy has come from former President Donald Trump and his fascist supporters, as well as far-right groups internationally. The police confirmed that a large number of the convoy's occupational force comes from the United States and announced Sunday that they are investigating the involvement of Canada, the U.S., and international far-right groups in a series of uh, emails and threats against politicians. Ron DeSantis is all over this. The far-right Republican, who's notorious for persecuting scientists advocating for COVID-19 restrictions, vowed to examine a legal action against the fundraising platform GoFundMe after it withdrew the Freedom Convoy's fundraiser. Republican Senator Ted Cruz, another Trump supporter, tweeted Sunday, God bless these Canadian truck drivers they're defending canada america and they're standing up for freedom they're standing up for freedom everybody can someone tell ted cruz our store shelves are fine thanks to 90 percent of the canadian truckers who are fully vaccinated too busy high-fiving all the awesome folks in vancouver that are helping push back against the hate convoy van pole okay so pat king in the control room Pat King is one of the key organizers who they've tried to distance themselves from him because he's the Aryan uh, bloodlines uh, guy, as well as the uh, talking about the gay agenda and the trans agenda and all this other stuff. Has a sign that says love everyone in the background, which is fucked up because he's the same person who says that gay people and trans people are trying to depopulate the Anglo-Saxon race because they, in his own words, mutilate themselves and can't reproduce. But anyways... He's also said that uh, he believes that paying uh, to be in a hotel gives you the right to not have to wear a mask. People are not wearing masks in the hotels. They're getting kicked out of the hotels. And so now he's been saying uh, people are being kicked out for not wearing masks. He seems to believe that for paying a service gives you a right to abuse the staff. Look what they're doing. Look, and the media will not touch that. The media is told not to say it. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick King from my control room. Oh, the hotels as well. They're telling the, the hotel owners and managers not to let people rent rooms. They're kicking people out of their hotels. So we had three people last night were just kicked out of their hotels because they wouldn't wear a mask. And telling them even though they paid for a service, you're going to deny them that service that they've already paid for? That's wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, keep up the good work. Keep up. By the way, this account uh, by Kurt Phillips, uh, who's basically one of the people who works for anti-hate in Canada, has done a great job um, just collecting everything that's happening uh, and documenting it from, you know, videos of uh, the more egregious far-right people in the, the group. Ezra Levant suggests that Rebel Media will handle the legal costs for occupiers ticketed. So Ezra Levant and Rebel Media are doing what they always do, by the way. Rebel Media is notorious for setting up these, like, help us fight Justin Trudeau, help us defeat this, help us, and then they use and pee back off these movements uh, as fundraisers. And they're doing it here as well. The thing is, they still get to determine how they spend their money that they fundraise. So whether they're going to give it to the truckers or the truckers' lawyers or help them out is a a matter to, to figure out if you're on that side of the aisle. Based on the video sent, it looks like some truckers are taking it seriously that there's a 10 a.m. deadline and they have to leave. Nah, we'll see. So um, here's the other thing. Apparently, uh, they're supposed to be cutting off their fuel supplies. The police are. Uh, and that's what they're supposed to be enforcing now. And uh, the whole don't give the convoy freedom fuel or you'll be arrested tactic didn't work. Hold the line. Well, it didn't work in that here's the police not doing fuck all about it. Do you guys want Kool-Aid? Here, 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 here. 
The truckers and other members of the public are protected persons under Article 30 and have absolute right to protest inter alia and receive material relief from any organization that might assist them. Something that's not talked about. Truckers in Peel region say the convoy protest that has gripped Ottawa for more than a week isn't addressing the real problems they face, and they're trying to shift the conversation away from COVID-19 vaccine mandates and towards stopping abuse and wage theft in the industry. Adar Sodi, a 37-year-old Brampton resident and truck driver, says very few protesters in Ottawa are South Asians, who make up more than half of the truckers operating in the greater Toronto area, according to some estimates. The protesters are sparking a debate across the country, but especially in Peel, where truckers and warehouse accounts for a large percentage of local jobs. Something else is happening behind the scenes because real issues are completely different. With 90% of truck drivers vaccinated against COVID-19, according to Canadian Trucker Alliance, the majority of the industry is sitting out the convoy protests, which started in response to vaccine mandates imposed on several uh, essential workers across the Canadian U.S. border. The Peel driver's concerns is reflected in a recent Toronto Star investigation, which showed long-haul truckers have filed thousands of complaints about shady labor practices, abysmal safety standards, and missed wages from companies that sidestep all regulations. Sodi is part of uh, a Namajan support network at a grassroots organization in Peel that aims to help international students and other young workers dealing with mistreatment and exploitation. The group has been highlighting the issue of lost wages for truck drivers and other vulnerable groups for months. They've actually been doing like real protesting, talking about this issue, but still very, very little attention being paid to this. He says Ottawa Convoy is missing a crucial opportunity to talk about the companies that get away with misclassifying truck drivers as contractors so they don't have to give them things like overtime pay and benefits. Uh, Ashdeep Singh is also a trucker and member of the Nuajan Support Network, and he says truckers deal with threats of deportation from employers who send them out on long assignments despite rough river conditions and lack of rest. These are issues that have been here since uh, the 10, 15 years. I do not know why the government is not looking into these issues. According to Sodi, the support network has more than 500 members and has never heard of the 900 cases of documented wage theft from truck drivers and other vulnerable groups. He says protests aimed at wage theft by big truck employees are in the works. But again, this is not being like, it's really pissing me off online right now how there's so many people who like love reply guying to me when I talk about the truckers and the far right ties. Like, yeah, of course, the, the surfs aren't standing up for working Canadians. Yeah, it show, goes to show that the surfs don't care about workers. Um, none of you care about workers. If, if you genuinely believe that like you've been astroturfed into thinking that this whole thing is a rise of the common uh, people, uh, you know, this is the, the revolution of the proletariat or whatever you think, rather than something that was started by someone who believes in the superiority of uh, the Anglo-Saxon race and all this other weird shit, um, or someone else who uh, started the GoFundMe who happens to be part of the Wexit Party of Canada, a separatist party with ties to the far right, uh, then you are completely misguided. Like, and I'm seeing this now from the, uh, you know, authoritarian left or the patriotic socialist left or whatever you want to call it. Like Caleb Maupin's even interviewing uh, one of uh, the truckers who's like, oh, this is this is just uh, working Canadians trying to rise up and, and take their country back and all this other kind of stuff. No, you, you are being misled. They are not talking about the issues that actually concern workers, truck drivers, which is this. This like this, th- these are huge issues. The, the the problem of wage theft, the problem of people being hired as contract workers, being put into dangerous jobs, not getting overtime pay. None of that is being brought up. That's the, none of that is in their list of demands. Their list of demands are either all restrictions are lifted, all every single one from vaccinations uh, to mask wearing to to whatever it is. Every province is different, so the federal government can't do it. But anyways, lift all restrictions or all of the government retires. It, it's those two things. Which, again, is completely unreasonable uh, as, as a demand for your occupation. But uh, none of it has to do with workers. N- none of it has to do with uh, what actually concerns uh, truck drivers. Which I guess shouldn't surprise me, but still. Um, this is Keith Wilson. 
Keith Wilson is the official lawyer for the Trucker Freedom Rally. And it turns out in February 24th of 2020, he had a very different view of uh, protesters. More craziness. Pipeline protesters occupy BC legislator. Plan to stay. Because, again, if it's indigenous protesters, if it's environmental protesters, they're the bad guys. Those ones are bad. We're not for that. But if it's the Freedom Convoy, then it's cool. Then I'm going to... Then I'm going to do a whole bunch of my uh, pro bono work to make sure that these freedom-loving freedom fighters get all the help they need. At his peril, writes Liz Peak for the Hill. They are coming. The U.S. honking will happen. Now, Facebook is trying everything in their power to shut it down. GoFundMe apparently now is refunding people's donations. This is getting crazy. But I think the desperation shows that the great, the great honking is winning. Here's what's funny. We were told by, I think it was Julie Kelly we had on Timcast IRL. And she said, just wait until they try smearing them with QAnon or whatever. Oh, yeah. From the Daily Mail, Facebook removes page promoting Freedom Convoy in D.C. after GoFundMe started returning $8 million in donations for Canada. Chris Sky. The Holocaust denier was one of the keynote speakers on Saturday. Uh, I already showed you the Her Royal Majesty, the Queen of Canada, and one of the leaders of the QAnon movement was also a keynote speaker at this event. Like the Pat King, a, a person who's been everyone is trying to distance themselves as much as possible on paper away from Pat King because all the videos of Pat King talking about how uh, there's a great replacement of the Anglo-Saxon race because they have stronger bloodlines. Uh, that, that that too, notwithstanding, like. You have to understand, if you analyze this thing from something other than a beanie, you'll see that, yes, there is a lot of credible ties to the far right that have been either key organizers, uh, one of the funders of the Go, or one of the creators of the GoFundMe. Uh, across the board, you will see these ties. That doesn't mean that every single person there, if there's if there's 5,000 people in Ottawa uh, for the all-night raves that are going on right now, because the whole thing has kind of turned into a music festival, um, those those people are probably jumping on board because it's like hell yeah I I don't like wearing masks I I I don't like having vaccine mandates I I, I don't like any of this I I want things to go back to normal please please let things go back to normal um they 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 aren't all far right nationalists but you should be very worried when far right nationalists feel comfortable feel safe inside your protests. So they feel safe enough to brandish swastikas, to brandish Confederate flags, thin blue line flags, Punisher ones, uh, don't step on snack, uh keck flags. I saw a keck flag this weekend in Vancouver. Uh, a keck beanie, too. Um, but that, that should tell you something. And sorry, it's, it's pronounced a, a toque here. A protest fears donation site run by CEO who once lobbied Congress for COVID aid payments has sided with Trudeau. Check this out. Facebook removed the convoy to D.C. 2022 Facebook group on Wednesday for repeatedly violating our policies around QAnon. Oh, they actually did it. Journalist Julie Kelly with the Grand Slam predicting that one. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They're trying to smear the convoy protest, a worker uprising against fascism, against. Why doesn't he just emerge with the Daily Mail? It's his only source. It's his number one source. It, it goes Daily Mail, number three or four is Andy No. Uh, that's typically what, uh, what uh, Tim Pool uses. Government rule by decree. David Pakman is watching my Freedom Rally video? What? Keep my body back. How would you summarize the events of the day? Uh, I would say I 
I no longer have any faith in humanity, and I pray that climate change wipes us all out pretty soon. Fuck this, guys. I'm out! <laughs> Is this supposed to be, like, fun or what? What's the deal? <laughs> it so is all they do lay on the horn like that's the whole is that the whole trucker thing i keep hearing about and also why are there no like actual trucks Farquad, thank you room. for the tier one. Appreciate you. This is wild. I'm glad. I'm glad he's given this the attention it deserves. <laughs> uh oh, is the police coming over? <laughs> What's the meaning of the horse head? I, like, I don't even understand. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I, does it have a particular meaning? <laughs> All right, I'm joining the chat. Hold on. Tesla very strongly demanding freedom. Protesters actually arrived at this spot on Tuesday in a show of support for the demonstrations in Coots, but it wasn't until. And what do they they want? No vaccines and ivermectin. Like, what is that the goal? What's the goal? <laughs> Stop vaccination. No, no. I mean, that would be great. We want no vaccines. to Just give us ivermectin. Give us our ivermectin. God damn it. I demand ivermectin. <laughs> Someone please explain it to me because it just it's been going on for so long now. You guys don't know either? Yeah, no, I don't know. They want no mandates. End the mandates. Their goal is freedom. Oh, fair. That's fair. I didn't think about that. No mandates, no masks, no vaccines. Uh, they, they want to ban men. And we will ban men. All right, let's, let's watch like a little bit more. I would love it if there were more interviews rather than just news coverage. <laughs> let's see if there's any more here. Hell yeah! Hell yes! What can you tell me about this beautiful piece of art? Well, we, we did it, and it's done. Oh, pure blood shirts too. Fuck yes. Tell him. Let him know. Yeah, I uh, I damn him on Twitter. Yes. yes. Fuck the communists. We'll get them all. <laughs> Hell yeah. White, white supremacists. Oh, the black Canadian flag. White supremacists. You know what's glorious about this is like these memes being as weird as they are. I don't know how many of them are gonna land with Pac-Man. Do you enjoy the surfs but prefer not to have to use your? Well, thanks. That's awesome. Didn't know that was happening. Uh, I'll DM him and we can explain the convoying in, in better detail. 
He's pretty straight-laced. Yeah, it's true. It's also true. Well, that was a nice surprise. Thank you for telling me. The trucking protests, which have split the official opposition conservative party, stand to benefit Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's liberals. Uh, Hassan covered your tweet, apparently. Hassan mentioned you on stream. Sorry to interfere with the Tim Pool content. Okay, no, it's okay. okay. It's, it's more than welcome. He's watching something about... Uh, Something about Canada right now. Hold on. Truckers blocking the U.S.-Canada border versus how they treat indigenous people on their own land. <laughs> Was that an impression of me? <laughs> Truckers blocking the U.S. Also, have you considered that they're funny? <laughs> what is this? I've been hesitating to post publicly, but I feel I must for the safety. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Actually posted how the police uh, treat truckers blocking the U.S. Canada border versus how they treat Indigenous people on their own land. <laughs> is that, is that, okay, first off, I'll have every single one of you know. Okay, I have worked so hard. I've been so diligent to remove all the Canadianness from my voice and demeanor. I, I, I don't say a boot. Okay, I don't say a. Uh, I, I I suppress my A's. I, I want to say A a lot, but I don't. Uh, and like I, I just can't believe that uh, he would be this racist, like right out of the gates. Just just an unbridled Canadian racism going on here. It's it's real, everybody. It's real, you know. No, you haven't. You sound Canadian, dude. I sound well. Fuck, did I? I don't know what I gotta do, dude. I gotta. Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just be British for the rest of the day. Denial, I know. Everyone on behalf of the RCP that's speaking up and talking to you guys. What we have... Like, you know, listen, listen to this RCMP officer. You know, he talks a bit like this. This is a little bit more softer Canadian. Like, I don't I don't speak like this, eh? You know, like I would normally, but I do all this work for you, so I don't sound like this on a regular date. No, dude. I've been told to impart upon you is that today and the reason that that's happening is because we've been instructed to do oh by the way the police already have like an internal group that they um i forget what it's called but they have an internal group that is like openly openly in support of these guys uh it's not the rcmp i'm i'm talking about like an actual police uh like group that they have ah fuck called there's a group within the police force that just, uh, it's like an, it's like the police friends of, of anti-vaxxers or some shit, you know what I mean? Basically like that. One thing you should bring up, I think that he's, he's, he might be trying to reference here, is the fact that the head of security of the convoy is an ex-RCMP officer. There is that. And they've like, some of their leaders have talked at these rallies and... So when will so you, when you stand say, up for us? When you like, say that... Are you guys not tired? Like, do you not have families? Absolutely. Do you not have families that this affects? Yes. Like, this is the time where we all work together. We need you guys to make a choice as well today to stand with us to make this change. See, of all the things, like obviously, I would I would love if Hassan watched uh, the the actual Freedom Rally video because of all the lulls and the goof stuff. But like this one is way more important, just to show the juxtaposition between the RCMP, obviously, uh, you know, smashing in one of the uh, the shelters at uh, the Wet'suwet'en territory versus uh, how they're treating um, the occupying force that is literally blocking the U.S. Canada border, right? Breaking down the door. Get out of here. Breaking down the door. 
Wow, interesting. Interesting that interesting the difference of treatment when it's fucking hogs versus indigenous protesters on indigenous land, which is technically yep. supposed to be sovereign land for the Canadian yep. fucking police force to not engage with. But hey, yep. that's what happens when you don't have any sort of uh, way of defending yourself. Get that <laughs> gun off me! Get your gun off me! Lower your gun! I mean, dude, oh god, this is so positively Canadian though, because like that's a dog that's barking. These are the these are the fucking hot dog uh, dickheads, the RCMP, and they haven't killed the dog yet. That is the most Canadian thing I've ever seen, dude. Even in this circumstance, even in this fucking circumstance, like just just think. Oh, it's their dog? I was, I was like, it's, it's the RCMP's dogs. Oh, it's their dog. Never mind. Okay, maybe they do kill. Okay, that's a cop dog, idiot. I fucking, I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I don't I was like, I wonder where he's going with this. But yeah, that actually is a massive problem in Canada, though. Um, there's like, there's a number of times when uh, the RCMP have, have uh, shot uh, dogs. Usually, I mean, one of the more recent ones was the one that I got dragged for because the RCMP uh, shot someone who, uh, they shot someone and they shot his dog. Um, and uh, they, uh, the person had apparently attacked the RCMP's dog. So that's why I had a lot of people on. The other side of the Twitch aisle coming after me, being like, what, are you fine with them, like, attacking dogs? And I was like, no, I'm just not okay with people getting shot dead. It is what it's supposed to be an arrest. No. Pac-Man is talking on stream, but I'm trying to connect with you right now. I, oh, never mind. Okay, hold on a sec. Well, hopefully this works first try. We'll see. Hello? Hey, Lance. Can you hear me? Hey, yes, hold on. Let me see if I can pull you in here. Oh, I don't know if I'm set up to get your video on. Um, yeah, I, I was not set up for a Discord for Discord video, so we'll, we'll be able to hear you, but my audience won't be able to see you. That that's okay. I can I can answer questions via the voice. So okay, so is it true that Trudeau is putting his semen in the water? Is that true? <laughs> I gotta be honest, uh, David. The, one of the first times you pulled me on the show, I didn't know that would be the opening question. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this one. I don't have my cards. Uh, no, the, to the best of my knowledge, it's not happening right now. So, okay. So, so first of all, this video that you made is this a compilation from several days? Yeah. So the second half was me uh, a couple weeks ago at an anti-vax rally uh, that took place in the city. And then uh, the first half of it is uh, the trucker protest rally uh, that just happened. Okay. So do the truckers, they're, they're opposed to mandates for going back and forth over the, the border. That's their main grievance. Yeah. So just to be clear, only about 10% of truckers in Canada are unvaccinated. And that, um, that imposition goes both ways. I mean, there's only so much that if they got their demands of having all restrictions lifted, they would still have to contend with the U.S.-Canada border, of which they still require uh, to be vaccinated uh, to go over there. Uh, and also there's an organization called the Canadian Trucker Alliance or the CTA. They were anti-vaccine mandates, but they've come out emphatically saying they do not support this convoy or what is taking place. Okay, so 90% of the truckers are vaccinated. Of yes. the 10% that aren't, some of them want to end the mandates. Those have been the, at the crux of the protests. Yeah, um, I don't know how much you've shown your audience, but one of the uh, original key organizers is a guy who goes by the name of Pat King. 
Um, he is someone they're trying to distance themselves from right now because unfortunately he's there are a lot of videos surface of him talking about how there's a great replacement taking place how the superiority of the Anglo-Saxon bloodline has to be preserved and all that that's where a lot of the like this could have credible ties to the far right started coming from also yeah. for the GoFundMe itself that was organized one of the two GoFundMe organizers Tamara Lich she is a well-known figure in Canada for being a part of the separatist party or the Wexit party uh, that is actually trying to get Alberta to to cede from Canada and join the the greater United States got it okay and so there's been anecdotal reporting about swastikas there great replacement white supremacist stuff don't tread on me yellow Jewish stars, all this different stuff. And the the people who love the rally are saying that's like 0.0001%. Those people aren't even welcome there. It's unfair to focus on that. What do you think about the role of that stuff in this whole thing? So I, I think it is it would be disingenuous to say that this is an overwhelmingly simply a, a far right rally or something like that. What I would say is that you do have to look at how some of the key organizers and some of the members who are either the people collecting money or trying to organize events do have very strong and well-documented ties to the far right. That's been uh, widely reported on at this point. I would recommend people check out antihate.ca, which does a really good job of covering the far right in Canada. We have a, a, a groiper movement in this country. Groipers, if you don't know, are Nick Fuentes uh, kind of uh, American nationalists in Canada yep. it's called Canada First and they're also very closely tied with this the thing that some people should ask themselves is if people who fly swastikas and confederate flags and don't step on snack and, and keck flags are all comfortable and feel safe in amongst your rally then it might be saying something right I don't think that they overwhelmingly represent the vast majority of people who are attending these it's it's a very uh, varied mix right but at that same rally that I attended in Vancouver we did hear a speech about how the globalist elites uh, are trying to control us and that there is a ruling class of bankers. You know, things very, very uh, mask off dog whistles are still kind of woven in there. So it's like anything else. It's grown to a size where if you have two or 3,000 people or even at this point, 5,000 people were there on Wednesday or sorry, on Saturday, apparently. Yes, a lot of people are just showing up because they are fed up with mandates. A lot of people are showing up because they're fed up with uh, restrictions, whatever that is. And they aren't necessarily far right nationalists but they are also people who are involved in those organizations who are there as well. Now, this is a question from my audience. The people that the only thing they have is a Canadian flag, are it, are those most, what's, are they on a particular side, the people who just have a Canadian flag? I mean, the, at, like, without having any scientific polling data in front of me, I can't really say. I would say the vast majority of them are people who just want an end to the restrictions. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and like, it's one of those things I try to explain to people. It doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right. I don't think anyone is having a great time, right? Like, no, no one is enjoying this. No, no. one likes wearing masks. No one likes social distancing. No one likes not being able to hug their grandmothers or their parents. Right. It's just a lot of people have kind of recognized that there is a set amount of things that if you do them, you will in turn get better results. Like, I think by ratio of our population, if we had the same levels of COVID death as America, we would have almost double the amount of people who have died in this country from COVID-19. So there is something to yeah. be said about a lot of these uh, measures that were put in place that have actually actually saved countless lives in terms of the the law there uh i i just haven't been follow i know about the law to go to canada and then to come back to the united states from canada but in terms of inside of canada is there federal law on who must be vaccinated and then is there provincial law as well that varies 
So all the restrictions that they're trying to get the federal government to, I guess, take down are actually uh, measures that are put on by provincial health authorities. Each province in Canada has their own provincial health authority, and each provincial health authority has kind of dictated how each province should uh, govern themselves. And in that respect, that's why some provinces did a lot better than other provinces, based on what kind of measures or implementations they put in. So you might see, I don't know if you've watched the viral clip of a guy screaming at the truckers saying, there's nothing the federal government can do in this place. Now, uh, in terms of federal employee requirements that is true they could lift uh, any requirements that are necessary for federal employees so they could have that one right. the biggest problem i find though is that even if they were to lift uh the uh, vaccine uh, restriction for truckers coming into the country that will not stop uh the u.s uh enforcement on the other end so right. it's, it's it's like their demands right now is what i would kind of characterize as unreasonable because they are one of two things the official demands are a all restrictions are lifted, including masks, uh, vaccine restrictions, social distancing, everything, or the government, uh, com- the democratically elected government effectively retires. It's, it's one of those two. What is an example of a province that's really strict versus one that's less strict? Uh, the less strict I would put into Alberta for a category and for an example of what happened there. Over the summer, um, Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta, decided that he wanted to turn Alberta into a tourist oh, destination. Yeah. So, oh, my apologies. That was a, a, a Twitch what sound. Is that? That was a that was a Twitch sound. I wasn't uh, I wasn't oh. getting I wasn't getting excited <laughs> just because I'm talking about Alberta. That was on my. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah my apologies but anyways um uh yeah so jason Kenney, the premier of alberta decided he wanted to turn alberta into a tourist destination over the summer and so he did this huge campaign ad where it was basically like we're lifting all restrictions come to alberta we're not like the other provinces you know you can come and enjoy the party enjoy the stampede enjoy all this and then their numbers got completely out of control as a direct result right. um somewhere like canada uh sorry somewhere like uh, british columbia had uh, i guess what you could consider stronger restrictions and that uh, we have a limit on how many people you can gather with in a, in a restaurant uh it's it's a limit of six people uh sports events at certain times may be reduced to half the capacity uh there is vaccine requirements for all restaurants uh, movie theaters uh public areas like that so that might be considered um to be a little bit more restrictive uh and uh it's, it's like anything else it's to varying degrees of success oh one thing i should well, it's mention not sounding it's not Sorry. sounding like oppressive communism i guess <laughs> well the thing is is like we we don't have a lockdown in this country. We haven't right. for like like I can't think of a, a province that is locked down. There there is no lockdown. So people who are directly out there saying end the lockdowns, I, I, I was like, you won. You, you got exactly what you're asking for. There's there's yeah. no lockdowns in this country right now. I mean there there is what they consider to be like they're calling it apartheid because they say that there's two tiers of of citizens now: the the vax and the unvaccinated. Which I mean is, is always sometimes a fun thing trying to explain to them what actual apartheid is compared to you choosing not to want to be vaccinated for your own purposes. But yeah, there's that. But in terms of so so uh, in terms of um, you know there have been these ideas floated of like if you're unvaccinated by choice you might be triaged differently at hospitals that were like kind of ban- t- considered in the United States. Is that conversation happening in Canada? Uh, the, the closest we've come to that is I believe Quebec, uh, initially stated that they were going to start fining, uh, people who were unvaccinated, uh, as a measure to try and, I guess, put that money back into the public health care system. Because, I mean, okay. the argument would be that they are becoming an undue burden on the public health care system as the vast majority of people now who are being hospitalized, uh, for COVID-19 are unvaccinated. But, um, 
I, I, I simply don't really ever want to give that kind of an argument merit because to me, I don't see where it ends. Like if someone is a smoker, uh, do they not, should they not have access to public health care? If someone is a drinker, should they not have it's access? It's very complicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we've had that conversation as well. And, you know, for something like organ transplants, at least in the U.S., it's common that there are all sorts of different uh, standards applied into who is likely to get the most use out of a donated organ. And so now COVID vaccination status is one of many things that's being considered. But when we're to your point, it starts to become more about do smokers get any treatment or if you eat more than a certain amount of, uh, you know, red meat. It, it, it starts mm-hmm. to get very complex. Although that that does exist in Canada as well. There is there is a triage system for organ donation. So I believe if you were uh, an alcoholic or if you, uh, you were a smoker, you probably won't be on the list for getting uh, a donated organ for uh, your liver or your, your lungs in that case. But um, yeah, yeah, no, there, there hasn't been a, a demonstrable example of, of people being refused, uh, you know, uh, public health care because they were unvaccinated. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, the video is both horrifying, informative and hilarious. And so I think that in our in our space, that's a pretty good trio. You know, it's what I think a lot of people are going for. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm happy to report that uh, we we didn't uh, didn't get COVID so far from uh, the experience. Oh, that's good. Yes. Have you had it at all? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm like everyone else. I, I like I, I I've gone through maybe like six or seven times where I thought I've had it, and then I've done uh, yeah. rapid tests, and then it comes back negative, and then a friend of mine has a, a positive contact, and I think uh, yeah, but officially no, officially not yet. Yeah, I I've had phantom COVID symptoms for two years. I've had the longest phantom case of COVID maybe on on the planet, but I've never actually had a positive test. But that's good, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think so. I, I'd take phantom COVID over real COVID any any day. Uh, all right, Lance, thanks for getting on with us uh, so quickly. We really enjoyed the video. Oh, no, thanks for watching it. Thanks for showing everybody. I appreciate that, too. Have a good one. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Cheers. Bye. I was a Canadian correspondent on the David Pakman show. Now I should just listen if he's going to talk shit. He's like, oh, he sounded so Canadian. He almost said a boot. Uh, tell him he likes his Yanis interview. Oh, man, I should have brought that up. Uh, oh, I should probably explain to everybody. Fuck, I should have brought this up to David Pakman. Uh, Pierre Polivier, uh, I predicted, and by the way, this is a Nostra Surface moment. I predicted Pierre Polivier was not only going to run for prime minister, but he's probably going to be largely uncontested. He's polling, I think, at 45% support. The next closest Canadian uh, polling to Pierre Polivier is Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson comes in, at, I think, at a whopping 13%, and that is 12% after that. So it looks like looks like Pierre, it, this is pretty much his uh, party to, to ruin. Governments have gotten big and bossy. They're spending more than at any time since World War II. So they control more of what you earn, and you control less. They've caused inflation by borrowing and printing a half trillion dollars. No, I don't dollars, think Peter McKay will join. I could be wrong on that. ballooned the assets of the billionaires, the debts of our children, and the cost of living of the working class. Now, what the overgrown Gerber baby is talking about here is a little bit frightening. When I first heard this, I was like, they're going to go populism. I I predict they're going to go populism, and I was right. Uh, a lot of the language being used is about the billionaire class. He does talk about the rich elites, I think, a little later on in the video. Over half of families oh, yeah, now right here. they struggle just to feed themselves. And more 30-year-olds live in their parents' basements because they can't afford... The now typical cost of a home, $800,000. Well, whoa, ooh, look at this. 
because I'm a millennial. I, I don't own a home yet. And I've been told my entire life by, I don't know, the older generation that that's because I liked avocado toast. Yeah, that's that was the reason. And soup. No, because we hate soup. Yeah, apparently millennials ruin soup, love avocado toast, a whole bunch of other weird shit. But that was the reason. It was always like, ah, oh, they're lazy, they're entitled, they just want handouts, every single one of them. Uh, they, 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 they hate soup, they love avocado toast, and that's the reason that they, uh, they, they, uh, they effectively can't afford homes and live in their basements. And now, finally, it's, it's, it's good to see the conservatives have finally come around to this and been like, eh, it seems a little bit harder, I don't know. We never really stopped the housing crisis, like, at any point ever. The city I live in, Vancouver, right now, uh, I rent the apartment that I'm in. I think this apartment would probably go for close to about a million dollars for an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment in, in the heart of the city. So about a million dollars for, for a fucking condo in, in Vancouver. That, that's, that's just for the, the apartment, by the way. You don't get any property, like actual like land there. You, you just have a, a little cube in the sky for about a million dollars. Um, housing, like a detached home, is anywhere between two to three million dollars. So, like, all the old people who grew up in Vancouver and have homes have all kind of hit this little mini lottery where they move out to, like, the suburbs uh, and sell their homes for, like, $2 million, $3 million. But, like, yeah, it's 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 outrageous, you know? A million dollars, I thought, I don't, well, I don't own this. I pay rent. I pay rent in here. But that's just how much, like, a two-bedroom condo would, would cost in, in this area. Like, it's... And and the thing is, there's been nothing to slow that down. There's like there's all these mini uh, like campaigns, and if you follow the DSA in Vancouver, they've done a good job of highlighting it. Where they'll be like, "Well, we're just trying to initiate more affordable housing. Uh, we need more like uh, cooperative housing would be a really good thing." Um, but every single time, there's like a large swath of land where they're supposed to be building affordable housing. All of a sudden, it's like, "Well, yeah, but we could also sell this for millions of dollars. So why wouldn't we? Let's let's do that." Meanwhile, a small financial elite with access to all that printed money buy up real estate and rent out to a growing class of permanent tenants. Like, if you're hearing this from the conservatives, what I just said out loud, that is very scary. Like, I'm sorry, but they he is going to tap into populism in such a, like an aggressive way. And I, I think it might work. Not in that, like, I think he's going to single-handedly win the next election, but I think he's definitely going to galvanize a lot of people who are disillusioned with the Conservative Party and have gone to the PPC or other, uh, like, independent parties or stuff like that. And now it's going to be like, well, he's talking about the rich elites, the the, the billionaire class. That's That speaks to me. Yeah. And he's, he's pointing out how they, they rent out all these houses and stuff like that. I don't know. What's, what's going on here? Do I think he'll be Canada's Trump? No. No, I think he's going to be far more dangerous than than Trump if you want him to be. He's he's not like Trump. He's not bombastic. He like he has made horrifying statements in the past. Like when uh, residential school survivors were getting paid out, he was the person who came out and said, uh, they, they, "They just want handouts. Like uh, they 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 don't work hard. Uh, what are we fostering if we just give them like uh, handouts and stuff like that?" And then he walked it back and apologized. But for the most part, he's not like Trump. He doesn't come out there and say, like, "Yeah, you're disgusting. Uh, they're coming in. Uh, the rapists. All this kind of stuff." Like. He knows how to do like this. Like, look how professional this messaging is. People who may never be able to afford a home. And when people speak up, the powerful clamp down. They silence and slander anyone who dares dissent, including with laws censoring what you see and say online. Using COVID as a political opportunity, the Trudeau government has attacked small businesses, truckers, and other hardworking Canadians. They target law-abiding hunters and farmers while letting gangsters and gun smugglers run free. 
Damn, using gangsters just like that, eh? And, like, here's the other thing about this messaging, by the way. He's, like, the truckers' movement, which isn't a movement for the working class, but you see how he's already made you think it is. How did he open up this speech? It's like, well, there's a billionaire elite class and they are buying out all the property. That's why people live in their parents' basements and this is a real big tragedy. And I'm going to reach out to you because I know you're frustrated. I'm frustrated too. You know, I hate big government. I, I hate all these, uh, you know, handouts and, and, you know, fat cats and all this kind of stuff. And hey, good old-fashioned Canadian truckers, workers, if you will. They're, they're just over there and they're just trying to have themselves a time. See, here's the problem. Trudeau thinks he's your boss. He's got it backwards. You are the boss. That's why I'm running for Prime Minister. To put you back in charge of your life. Together, we will make Canadians the freest people on earth. With freedom to build a business without red tape or heavy tax. Freedom to keep the fruits of your labor and share them with loved ones and neighbors. Freedom from freedom. the invisible thief of inflation. Oh, oh, <laughs> that one almost got a little dog whistly, but it's okay. The invisible thief of inflation. Inflation, you see. Freedom to raise your kids with your values. Freedom to make your own health and vaccine choices. Freedom mm. to speak without fear and freedom to worship God in your own way. See, in a free country... I doubt that. I don't know if that applies to everybody. I don't think you'd be saying that to Muslims. I don't think you'd be saying that to people who invent their own religions either. Like, what if, you know, what if me fucking a cantaloupe was like, that's how I get closer to God? Would you be like, well, you have the freedom to do that, sir. That I, hey, and I respect your freedom and your choice of uh, fruit in this case. Smaller government makes room for bigger citizens. People have room to take responsibility for themselves and each other. Neighbors care for neighbors. A job is the best anti-poverty program and family and community are the best safety net. Now, the people with power, the media, interest groups, corporate giants, government authorities, will fight tooth and nail to keep on top. So it won't be easy. But easy street leads to a dead end, and hard roads lead to the best destinations. Our destination is a Canada where the government is servant, not master. As Henley might say, you are the master of your faith. <laughs> you are the captain of your soul. <laughs> so there you have it. The the future leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Just uh letting us all know. Keeping keeping us keeping us free. So you've just been listening to an episode of The Surf Times, and if you enjoy it and want to see The Surf Times, you can go to wearesurfs.com or watch the live shows at thesurfs.tv. And also everywhere social media is sold, basically thesurfs.tv, you'll find us there, twitter.com slash thesurfstv, for example. It would also help us out tremendously if you could leave a good review of this podcast if you enjoyed it, either on, I don't know, iTunes or wherever you're podcasting. Apparently it does help, and yeah, we hope to see you soon. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Just, we beseech thee to smite down our enemies. To our monarch, Tom Spiker. We are but your humble court jesters, here to amuse you. To our lords, Trevor R. We give thanks for this spit of land for us to eke out this meager existence. To our knights, Merid, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Ellie Leslie, Alex P., Brandon, Words Greenwood, Nate, That One Guy, Hagbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Daniel Sutton, Coulter Smith, Val 9000, Jenna Tall, Quiet 185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, The Tim Caucus, Multi Mondi, 
Trevor Yanis, Lemmy 101, Anthropophojack, Saren 42, Catherine, Radical Maniac, Ramon Acosta, Nkosin, Violent Orchard, Sophie Baby, Political Puppy, Andreas Chiringuito, Zach Christensen, Josh Mickelson, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We raise our flag in a veil, and we salute you, our friends. <laughs>